Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to season two of Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes about this week's Kardashian content. It's a little different. Yeah. Note the differences. We're going to be expanding to the whole Kardashian universe this season. Because there's a lot going on this coming season. They are debuting their season, is it three or four? Four of their show on Hulu. And concurrently, Kim Kardashian is going to be playing a maybe starring role, maybe glorified cameo in the next season of American Horror Story. Imagine if it's literally just like one episode. No. Well, did you see the trailer? No. Oh, I did. Yes, I did. Kind of underwhelming. And of course, there's always going to be social media stuff to talk about. So we decided this season should just kind of make space for the amalgamation of content they're going to be throwing at us. I think it's pretty interesting that, I mean, I think we can guess that the Kardashians on Hulu is going to be giving us behind the scenes of Kim's American horror story process, or at least that was probably the intention. They're faced with a unique challenge given the SAG AFTRA strikes. And that's what we're here to talk about today. This is a prologue episode in anticipation of season four of the Kardashians and American horror story opening on the same week or maybe like within a week of each other but the point is they're (laughs) they're running in parallel to one another and we want to be deconstructing this content ethically because of the ongoing strikes and leave it to kim to be enmeshed in a production that is exploiting the gray area of the strikes and their rules and kind of just playing a controversial part in the strikes, which Ryan Murphy's production, American Horror Story is. It is um, his productions, I think are three of the four still running productions amid all the other shutdowns of productions. It's Ryan Murphy shows. Oh my God. So she's really at the center of it. She made sure of that. Yes. Although I think this is actually a difficult position for her to be in. Actually, normally Kim likes to be at the center of center of controversy and No, you know what? She will always benefit from having her name at the center of controversy. This is probably one that was not a planned Kardashian. Right. Like, like I actually feel like there was a lot of hype. Well, we'll get into it because we're going to give you guys the timeline of events. Um, And what we found in our exploration of the timeline is that Kim announced that she was joining American Horror Story on April 10th-ish, Monday of that week, which I believe was April 10th. And 
it was April 17th that WGA, the Writers Guild of America, voted in 97% favor of striking. So Kim was like all hyped about like this like big moment of like transcending genres and um, mediums yet again and joining a narrative television show, big moment for Kim, and then the strike happened. So I do think it's pretty interesting that this big power play that she was planning is now being rushed and under this intense scrutiny. There was already going to be a lot of scrutiny on it for her performance. How does she do? What's it like to see Kim Kardashian act? Let's all ridicule mm-hmm. it. But there's these huge ethical questions about like labor rights coming into play. No, it's very coincidentally very Kardashian, especially thematically with them lately. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that like too high and circular? Does that make sense? <laughs> Marie's a little little stoned right now because um, we weren't planning to record this episode today and then we realized that this was the best time to record it. So, well, if you didn't notice in the episodes before, you shouldn't notice now. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, so should we take you guys through the timeline? Would you like that? Before we move any further, actually, let's frame this with something a guideline that the unions put out for any member of press to make sure to say to express solidarity so there's a pledge that members of the press who are in solidarity with the strike which of course we are would like to say this piece was written in this case this podcast was recorded during the 2023 wga and sag aftra strikes without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike american horror story would not exist Yes. Yes. Yeah, we stand in solidarity. We we, yeah. we, we want to make sure that we are covering all of this critically. So we're going to be saying that pledge um, in every episode. And also, it's been requested uh, by the union to highlight the writers and the crew and the people that made the productions possible. At this point, we don't have the screeners or any information about American Horror Story, like who who wrote it besides mm-hmm. the main showrunner. Her name is Hallie Pfeiffer. And what's interesting is what I'm finding when I search the strike and the, these names, Ryan Murphy, Hallie Pfeiffer, is they're claiming that she is the sole writer of American Horror, the season of American mm. Horror Story. So whether that's true or not, I mean, we'll find out. We're obviously going to be keeping our eyes peeled on the credits when the show actually comes out. But um, that's something that's encouraged to do. Um, to shout out everyone that had a hand in the writing of the show. So that's the pledge. And we'll give you guys a timeline of Ryan Murphy's and therefore Kim Kardashian's relationship with the strike. So April 10th-ish, Kim announces she's joining AHS. A week later, um, Writers Guild of America votes in favor of striking. I did not know it was like such so quickly after I know. that announcement. That's crazy. I know. Um, and so I think they must have realized then they got to work quickly and get it in production. Um, May 2nd, or sorry, early May talks between the AMPTP, which is, which means, let's just take a moment while I like go to look up the exact meaning of that uh, acronym. Yeah. There's so many acronyms in the mix with this story. I think that's been really difficult for people. Oh, big time. Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So the talks between the AMTPTPT. Oh my God. They literally, it's like, it would be faster just to say the full thing. No, for sure. But it's also got to be hard for the journalists covering the strike to type it all out. 
I wouldn't like oh that. Oh my God, seriously, strong fingers. Right. Seriously. Right. You got to exercise your little fingies oh anytime God. you know a strike's coming. Absolutely. Right. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I made myself laugh with that one. <laughs> um, so talks don't go well. So WGA leans even more into the striking idea. Uh, by May 2nd, picketing begins in New York City. Um, around this time, Ryan Murphy donated along with Adam McKay and Shonda Rhimes to a multi-million dollar relief fund, actually. So early on, he got right in there, probably because he knew, like, Right. I gotta. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to because I have no intention of halting production. So, oh my god, that's crazy. He's just like, no, but the show will go on. Yes. So I'll do everything else to try to pad that. Very from scrutiny. Very Kardashian. Yes. I'm sure they've seen each other, and like like seen each other. Oh yeah. For years, you know. They're like, we have the same business model, bitch. What's up? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he did really tell the OJ story through the Kardashian frame. I finally watched it, the people versus OJ. Cause let it be known, you guys, I, and I think Marie agrees with me in this. I'm not a Ryan Murphy production fan. We, we watched Glee. Yes. We watched Glee, enjoyed Glee. And then we watched one episode of American horror story and said, Oh my God, what? And then we literally just like read the Wikipedia page of the rest of that season. And that's our experience with American horror story. Well, why don't we explore why we didn't like it? It was scaly and like very like um, gratuitous for like no reason. There wasn't any art in any of the like horror. It feels like watching plastic. And that's what people say about the Kardashians. But to be honest, I see much more um, like to quote Young Nihilist when she compared Kardashian content to like David Lynch. Like I'm a fucking Lynchian girly. I'm Mm -hmm. a fangirl. So I see that. I feel that. I like being in that weird liminal space that feels truly like curated and weird and like aesthetic and and intentional in a way that I don't see from in the Kardashian simulacrum that I don't experience. There's no layers for me with American, with Ryan Murphy productions. Like there's no, like quite literally aesthetically, like I don't like how glaring it it is. It feels, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. No. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, the Kardashians are a little bit like easier on the eyes. Yeah. Is that what it is? I, I, I guess, I mean, his, obviously his stuff is tabloid-esque. I was, and you guys, you know that I have a very psychoanalytic, like, blank canvas kind of approach to any kind of media content. I I lead with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I, and I tend not to align with people's, like, uproarious reactionary critiques of media. I'm more curious than reactionary. But I do, I had the reaction to Dahmer. I was like, I'm not watching that. I agree with everyone that's mad about Dahmer. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's somehow too on the nose for being tabloid-esque. I don't know. Um, well, it's kind of just gross. (laughs) It's gross. People, it's, I mean, it's camp. It's like, campy it's campy horror and maybe some people like that but, it but like be, it, i don't like that people do defend ryan murphy stuff by saying like it's really good camp american horror stories camp maybe i've never had a i've never had an evolved taste for camp it is interesting to think about the idea that ryan murphy then has like brought the idea the notion of camp to the mainstream and i suppose maybe some of it is like yeah i don't buy it I don't know. Can camp actually be scaled to the mainstream in that way? I think true camp is actually when you reappropriate what's mainstream into camp. You can't, you can't 
Reverse. translate camp to the mainstream. Interesting. Gr- granted, listen, you guys, a lot of my audience at Kardashian Colloquium have said you need to watch. I already forgot what they were suggesting. I think they were suggesting I watch the witch one and maybe. I just think that it like, like, I think whatever you and I didn't like about American Horror Story, I remember all I remember is a girl got tied up like hogtied and then stabbed in the back mm-hmm. and being like, <laughs> Hmm. And then as I kind of passively would see material of the show, like, like there's like a tragic lesbian story from like asylum, I think. And like these things I would hear about, I'd kind of be like, I feel like this is bastardizing real identity traumas, cultural traumas in a way that like, I will find no catharsis in watching. For sure. You know? And like my perspective on it, is that just like, my big sister doesn't like American Horror Story. <laughs> I won't either. <laughs> so, like, that's where I'm coming at it from. More. Okay, touche. But I feel like you you have a you have a very like um like you've got a very cinematic aesthetic eye. I mean, I think that you and I were turned off by what we saw. No, for sure. I didn't. I didn't enjoy what I saw, and I w- it was enough to like be like turn the shit off. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like 19 or whatever, <laughs> like whatever like 19 year old version of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are bleeding yeah exactly um but it's like not that serious for me either i'm like okay i just don't need to watch it yeah yeah but of course i will be i guess we're gonna be watching it well the point is i'm not a fan i've i'm gonna have to be open-minded because kim kardashian is now forcing me to watch this um and the thing is there is i mean there is cultural like American Horror Story is still a cultural item that is like like needs to be talked about because it's yes. like such an institution. It's very successful. A lot of people that I respect watch it. That's the thing. People that I respect have certain seasons that spoke to them. So I I I am interested in that sense as well. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean I think it needs to I mean it's like worthy of the convo you it, it can't just be like written off because it like captures the minds of so many people just like anything else like the kardashians okay here's my example i watched the people versus oj finally for book research and the shot kept going back in the first episode to nicole brown simpson's crumpled stabbed decapitated body in the first and it's like that was a real person mm-hmm. same with Dahmer and his victims like th- that really happened i have this it goes hand in hand with my distaste for the true crime industry, which I've had before the critiques started coming in because the industry started to boom. I've, I understand the feminine attraction to true crime because it is a way of reclaiming the mm-hmm. like constant threat of violence that women are aware of. Yeah, I had a friend who like was really obsessed with like serial killer podcasts, and she was like, "I feel like psychologically, what's happening is that like the more I know about it, the more I can avoid it or something." Yeah, no, that's and that's real, but I also think. Um, the same critique I have of the, the industry is that those were real people's last moments. None of us can imagine until God forbid it ever happened to us, what it would feel like to face impending violent doom. And I think it's, I do think there's like a media responsibility to self-regulate like the like um, exploitation of that mm-hmm. in a way, but then it gets into the question of where is the line of exploitation and, and um, mediation, you know? Right. But the point is, I think Ryan Murphy crosses that line again and again and again. Yes. Um, well, yeah. And then we're seeing lots of lines being crossed. Right. Right. Picket lines. Yes. For example. A picket line. So back to the timeline. So 
And also the Kardashian, then there's a question. I mean, that's what the issue is for people with the Kardashians too. I'll just quick say it's a lot of people feel they definitely cross many, many lines too. Who the Kardashians? Oh, of course. So, okay. So Murphy donates along with these other showrunners in June. Not the, in terms of the, my view of the timeline through the lens of Kardashian and Murphy, uh, nothing extraordinary happens. Um, for most of the month, there's more negotiations, picketing, and relief funds. But then June 21st, a strike captain in Warren Light late, tweeted that he had been told by some of Murphy's crew that they know that they'd be blacklisted if they participated in the strike. Mm-hmm. So this uh, strike captain tweets this, and Murphy quickly threatens to sue. He sends an, a he sends a note from his attorney to the like captain's office and shuts it all down warren has to put uh, share a public apology and then he stepped down as captain holy shit so there's some real i mean there's like been so much solidarity there's been pickets there's been a kind of a steady flow of visibility of this union and the strikes as the months go on the weeks go on um and then the waves that are happening beyond hearing of um troubled negotiations between the union and the studios is uh this moment with Ryan Murphy in like a threatening, a threatened lawsuit. Right. So accurate, you know, an adversarial relationship forming with the union in a way. Yes, definitely. Then, then two days later, Kim tweets from the set of American horror story saying, <laughs> let me find oh. it. <laughs> it's crazy how fast all this shit moves. So sh- they were shooting it in April. They were, this is June. Oh, they were shooting in June? Yes. Oh my God. That is such a fast turnaround. Remember how like, like some shows still even have like year long turnarounds. This is like in a summer. So anyway, Kim says from June 23rd, hi, I'll let you do it. You're better at dramatic readings. Okay. Hi guys. I'm on the set of AHA. <laughs> Hold on. Hi, guys. I'm on the set of AHS, and we have some time between shots. What are you all up to? <laughs> striking. And then somebody said, striking in support of our union. Thanks for crossing our line. And so what's interesting is there's a few things that work here. A, I just got done earlier in this conversation saying I don't think Kim wants to attract be at the center of this controversy. I think this is like bad luck, bad timing for her that this big moment is now kind of like tasked with um, navigating the public opinion around what it's, what it means to cross up. For it, sure. It's like the worst thing you can do. It's bad. But why would you tweet that two days after the sh- your showrunner is threatening a lawsuit against the union? You know, like there's bad attention. It is like kind of like capitalizing on the bad attention. For and sure. then, oh, I forgot to add to the timeline when she was- Like t- so shamelessly too. I know, totally. And okay, it was in July. I'm, I'll, I'm jumping ahead. Um, no, it's interesting that she did that. And- um, No, I mean, she literally is just like proud capitalist. But it's a really very, very, like, big deal to, like, be in defiance of... Well, for what it's worth, let me let me give you guys a bigger picture of this. At the, the loophole that Ryan Murphy's production at this stage of things was working with was that it was only the WGA. So it's the writer's... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All of America. Those are show writers. Writers of the show. Writers rooms. So Ryan Murphy was able to say, the show's already been written, and also there's one writer of the show, and so we're good. We're going to be in production. Like, it's not bad because the show's done. Like, this is the big loophole. Mm. So there was still a moment when people were like, Kim isn't crossing picket lines because they ha- there's just, there's a loophole. The union's not really, like, going after, they can't. They can't go after Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. technically. They're li- running on technicalities. But about a month later, July 14th, SAG after us strikes as well. Those are the actors. So now it's like a complete industry mm. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where things get a little fudgy too with the American Horror Story part and all this because now it's like a lot of its cast is SAG after actors. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that Kim is still an exception. She's a reality star and a businesswoman. She's not, uh, as far as I understand, a SAG after member. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to like some weird rumors that were going around about the show after that happened. Um, So then at that point in July, New York times wrote a piece about this. Um, People started picketing in front of silver cup studios out here in long Island city, specifically targeting Ryan Murphy productions, because at this point it's like mostly his productions that are still going. Um, This is what it was. I think it was vulture. I could be wrong. Um, But Someone wrote an op-ed sort of saying Kim could use her star power, even though she's not technically required to stick to any of these things. She's she's an exception as a reality star. She's an exception because this is, at this stage, only the WGA. Her power, she could still like refuse to cross the picket line and make a scene of that. Mm-hmm. And she chose not to. What's interesting about that, though, it's like, that is correct. But also, it's playing into the continued dynamic that Kim is the representative of these things and then that feeds her power mm-hmm. you know the representative in which way like for her whole career what has continued to build kim's clout is when people kind of single her out as the representative figure of anything mm-hmm. of capitalist greed cultural appropriation mm-hmm. girl boss feminism um and so there's a lot of people 
being like, Kim, you could be standing for this more. Mm-hmm. And all the those critiques are correct. And simultaneously, by sort of saying, Kim, you should be doing this. Kim, you're this powerful. You should be doing that. That grows her like the... Oh, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's interesting that, again, like Kim has become a figure amid these strikes. Mm-hmm. Right. She's like... <sighs> She's like right in the middle of the the dialectic of it all. Yeah. I mean, you kind of said that in the beginning and I sort of refuted you, but now I'm kind of like, no, it's true. Even if this isn't not technically an ideal scenario for her, it is, it is good for her. Yes. So New York Times has a piece about how people were picketing Silver Cup Studios and they were dressing up in like American Horror Story themed costumes. It's been kind of cool to see all the like writerly flares, performative flares being brought to the union strikes, which has been a, that's like a union tradition. Um, when I know this from my research for my book, um, when there were strikes on Disney among the animators made their picket signs like really like decorative and like animated and, oh, that's like, cool. drew, drew like a big guillotine and stuff. It was cool. Creative. Yes. So now here's where things get a little hazy. Get a little hazy. Get a little dicey. Yep. Um, I read in some places that the production did stop. There were some tweets that the production did indeed stop in July after SAG-AFTRA started striking. um, And there was some real backlash to Ryan Murphy Productions. um, And this is why the season is being released in two parts. But Collider said these were just rumors. And people were actually going through back doors to avoid visibly crossing the picket lines. Oh. So I have to say, you guys, I did as much as I could. Please tell me if you find any of the um, anything that can prove or disprove that the production stopped. You would think, especially considering there's like a Murphy publicity machine and very much a Kardashian publicity machine, that they'd be making a big thing of it if they truly stopped. They'd be right. like, you're right. Sorry, we're stopping. Solidarity. I mean, that's... You would think they would make it known. Right. They might as well. Yeah. But there, but there's no, I can't get clarity on that. So my guess is they continued production, but I could be wrong. I don't want to get sued. Uh, these are litigious people. And it's just the Kardashian, this is something true of the Kardashians. Always they leverage gray areas and there's a gray area of information here. Gray areas, big time. Yeah. Gray areas. Yes. Um, Sounds like a nice flower. Yeah, it does. Yes. Um, so now through August, strike continues. That gray area was going. Mm-hmm. Um, they started dropping more promotional materials about the show. We saw Kim Kardashian looking like a witchy villain. She looked exactly as I pictured her to look with yes. her like ice white hair. Uh, I didn't know the eyelashes were going to be so big, but just that creepy doll like appearance of kim i knew they were gonna like kind of like like exaggerate something that she's been performing for the past year totally yeah um and i was kind of like wow that's appropriate like that's wise i'm dreading having to watch this show but if they really lean into this and they make him be this like exemplary metaphor for the impact she really has on young women across america and she's like this like witchy figure that like um like embeds herself in like the psyche of a tormented young woman that's like pretty 
fascinating. For sure, for sure. Oh, writer brain. Writer brain. But then I watched the trailer, which was recently released, and like it looks like she's playing like a sidekick best friend wholesome character. Oh, yeah. Dude, I like didn't even... I didn't even catch it. So much was going on during that trailer. It was just like a flurry of images. I couldn't tell you what it was going to be about. No, I know. I'm kind of like, all right, now I'm like, this is going to be labor, I think. Kind of trudging through this, but okay. Wow, that was right there for them. I know. We're going to have to examine, if that's what ends up happening, we're going to have to talk about, like, the missed opportunity there and why we feel that they, they took a... Um, they did a softball instead of like a, like an interesting, yes, exactly. So literally as of today, because today is September 8th that we're filming this, like hours ago, like before we decided we're going to record today, uh, Ryan Murphy announced a 500k fund for his cast and crew or something. Let me double check. That's literally not that much. I know. (laughs) No, I know. Right. Ryan Murphy, 500K. Ryan Murphy launches five an hour ago. Ryan Murphy's firmly team W... Oh, it's from Us Weekly, so like... Grain of salt. Yes. Um, Ryan Murphy is firmly team WGA and team SAG-AFTRA amid the ongoing Hollywood strikes and offering his union... His assistance to union members in need. Um, he posted this to his Instagram... I am inaugurating an assistance fund that will start at $500,000. This fund stands ready to support the exceptional cast and committed crews of Ryan Murphy Productions. Um, You're right, Marie. That is not a lot when you consider the size, I'm assuming, and what it means to be on a set. You know how sets go. Hell yeah. Um, I will say one thing I've learned from our, uh, the Kardashian Data Coalition's analyses of skims is that like their teams are quite small for such global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious like what the size of his production, but no matter what, it's not a lot. Oh, it, it just bears mentioning that American Horror Story is about to premiere <laughs> on September 20th. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, we're a couple of weeks away. You can't do it right before. That's really crass, but you got to do it in advance so that people with this more extended trailer that just released, you got to like, it's also like a publicity move too for your show. Of course. Get people on thinking your, your hands are clean before the show. Maybe more people will watch it, baby. Yeah. So they had a dilemma. It's a sign of the times. There's been a big consciousness shift around race, class, and gender in the past few years. And it has been very interesting to watch these institutions like the Kardashian uh, industrial complex and Hollywood in general, institutional Hollywood, um, cope with it. And I think this American Horror Story thing is a good little case study and we'll see how it goes. Another thing I'll mention is... The Kardashian Data Coalition did some looking into sort of just like the, at least the Google search interest in American Horror Story. And it looked like interest was waning, ratings were waning when they brought Kim in. So, Mm. and we we noticed a pattern. um, And this is the Data Coalition that I do with um, like 10 other, 10 volunteer data experts. They're brilliant. I love working with them. Kim generally, when she collaborates with a fashion house, or in this case, a TV show, or other partnerships she's had, the popularity of that brand was falling a little bit. And she comes in and kind of reinvigorates them. So that was meant to be her role in this, is my guess. Mm-hmm. 
and we'll see if it works. We'll look at the data. We'll, we'll monitor it. Um, we'll crunch the numbers. Yep. That's what we do. So I meant to pull my audience about their thoughts on the Kardashians' relationship to the strike. At one point, I did ask people, this is back when WGA was the only um, one striking, does this, do you believe Kim, do you consider Kim a scab? And people overwhelmingly said yes. So I think this isn't good for her public image, even if it is good for her visibility. Mm-hmm. What, do you think, what do you think would have happened if Kim did say, you know what? No, we're not crossing this picket line. You snooze, you lose Ryan Murphy. Would people say, oh, it's performative? Would they say, oh, I see Kim Kardashian differently? What would it do for her? That's a good question. Yeah. I think it would be a similar thing to the prison mm. stuff she does. Yes, critical, but, like, I know a lot of people are just, like, that's objectively good what happened, though. Like, the impact. I mean, if, if Kim's – when Kim aligns herself with any kind of activism, I think it raises – what people are really working through when they debate the meaning of that activism is the eternal, essential impact versus intent conversation. Yeah, for sure. So you, so you think that if Kim stood for – the union and she said, I'm not crossing the line. They would say performative, but the impact is worth it. Right. Cause it's just like making this issue visible to that many more people in a, in a like progressive way. The thing is though, I I'm mostly, but maybe this is within my Kardashian colloquium, like silo seeing people say, Oh, the perform, the activism is performative. So fuck her intent or no, fuck the impact. Like we don't like her intent, but I, so I experience it from people more from in a parasocial way. Like we don't like Kim, so we don't need her help. Right. That's like what I tend to see, but that's within this highly critical community of the Kardashians. Yeah. I just think back to that episode where they they went to the homeless shelter where it's like, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. for sure, like weird device for the show and that's gross, but like, I bet you anything the like directors of this program were very down to have this be streamed to millions of people. Yes. The material impact is like, is kind of like inescapable and it probably would have had material impact for Kim to take that stand. Absolutely. It makes you really think about like the relations between these elites because would it have been like a huge betrayal to Ryan Murphy and like what kind of capital does Ryan Murphy have in Hollywood that makes someone decide the relationship in the, <clears throat> in the end game of me being a cameo, potentially just like a not that hard hitting best friend character is more important than the stand. And people will cynically hear this and say, no, it's all about money. That's what it comes down to money, money, money. But I, then it brings us to the Courtney Kim debates of last season. Yes, precisely. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like for Kim, this is symbolic power. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need the money. So, wow, that's a misstep. It's a trade off that she, it was like a calculation she was making and she might have like made the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, all this to say. Well, curious what you guys think. A, B, forgot to mention, I just feel the need to say that Ryan Murphy was obviously keenly aware of the Kardashians and their cultural relevance long ago because when he made The People versus OJ, he told the story through a distinctly Kardashian frame. 
And it actually kind of in a, a way revised the history because I've done a lot of deep research on the OJ trial and its impact on media for my book. And Kardashian, Robert Kardashian was a part of it all, but he wasn't a main character. And in People versus OJ, he became a main character. And that was in the context of this current moment we're mm-hmm. in that we've been in with the Kardashian dominance. Found that to be interesting. The Kardashians, I recall, mentioned the show when it was coming out on their TV on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I don't know what their feeling was about it at the time. Now it feels like probably there was a relationship with Ryan Murphy already forming, but on the TV, on reality TV, on their TV show, they're like, oh yeah, people are so interested again in the trial because of that show. They kind of called it mm-hmm. that show in this like demeaning way. But the point is they saw, they saw each other. Here they are today. And we will see how it goes. Yeah, I can't wait to find out. I know, I kind of can. No, I totally can. I was like saying that kind of like sarcastically. I think it's pretty interesting that they were planning to release these as like double features of the Kardashians and American Horror Story because they could like dialogue with each other. Like yes. like every season of the Kardashians on Hulu, the spine of the season has been Kim's latest highly visible project that we saw in the media before we saw obviously on the show so it was like kim hosting snl that was an entire season kim's uh big deal with balenciaga that was the next season so this and then this one is the big dolce and gabbana drama that was this and so things we saw and then we get the bts on like the dramas behind it yes it can't i can't imagine american horror story won't be this but Maybe they're going to have a similar dilemma as with Astro World of like, do we pretend it's not happening at all? Or right. do we, it'll be interesting to see what their challenge is with the Kardashians. I just always think about like the post-production teams of these shows and like those editors were probably way overworked trying to like fit things in last minute as things were unfolding with these strikes. If they do like talk about it, that's like a lot of last minute work they had to do. And one thing that I'll finally add, and then we'll wrap it up, is one thing we plan to talk about that we didn't have time to, but we'll have we'll do it next sometime this season. We've got a whole season ahead. Um, is the relationship between reality TV and the development of reality TV stars and union strikes in the entertainment industry? There's a history. Like many people see a, a relationship between the 2007 rise of reality TV and like um, entertainment industry investment in reality shows to be the antecedent was some um, writer strikes that happened then. So we'll talk about that history. I've read different theories. Some people saying definitively reality TV came up because of strikes. Other people saying, oh, you might think so, but maybe not. So um, there's just an interesting role Kim being at the center of these strike, uh, the spectacle of the strike and the the idea that her genesis is in part due to strikes in in the the mid-aughts. I can't wait to learn more, Michelle. (laughs) On that note, thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Um, We are going to wrap it up and we will see you next week. Well, do we have any NPCs we got a shout out that happened this week with the Kardashians? Oh, just in general? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't actually engage with their media that much, but like Timothy Chalamet. (gasps) All right. Boom. He's entering. He was an NPC and now he's entering the orbit. Yeah, because that is what happened this week. The big thing was like Kylie and, and Timothy were kissing. 
Smoochy Smoochy. At Beyonce's birthday party, a.k.a. her concert. Oh, my God. And that will, I mean, I don't actually care that much, but I it, it does beg the question of whether it's real. I actually believe this one's real. I think oh, Bad Bunny and Kendall are not real. They The one time we saw them do PDA, like, Kendall was, like, laughing into his mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> like, she literally, like, couldn't even fake it. Okay, okay. So, let us know what you think. We appreciate you all so much. Seriously. Yes. Okay, bye, everyone. Okay, bye. 